A staple I do in all interviews in order to start things off is to ask that you elaborate a bit about your work and this particular film for those not familiar with it. Sure. So my name is Matt, um, but as a writer-director, I go by the name Matthew John Lawrence, um, which is my full name. And um, I I guess when it comes to my body of work, I I generally focus in on comedic and surreal narratives. Um, In particular, the past few years, I've really focused in on horror comedies. Um, But I think in terms of my interests, uh, they're a little bit broader in the types of stories I want to tell. Um, But with this film, Uncle Peckerhead, as I mentioned, it's it's a horror comedy and there's uh, a, a lot of music uh, involved because it centers around a three-piece punk band on their first tour with a man-eating monster for a roadie. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 have, uh, I have a really uh, deep love for music and, and specifically live music. Um, I've played in bands my entire life. So, so that's the type of stuff that, that interests me or the type of stuff that I gravitate towards. I'm very curious about the origin of the film's title, Uncle Peckerhead. Is there a fun story behind the name? Yeah, um, I, I don't know if it's fun, um, but there is a reason why we, we decided to call it Uncle Peckerhead. Is uh, Peckerhead comes from that's the name of uh, the, the man-eating monster, Rody. Um, but when it came to the title of calling it Uncle Peckerhead, um, what had happened is when I started writing the script, it was a, I mean, this isn't really fun, but it was a, a year or two after Trump had been elected uh, into office and uh, the New York Times and a bunch of other newspapers started, uh, you know, publishing these editorials kind of, of how and, and who voted for Trump and how did this come to be. And one of the, one of the main theories was, you know, these blue-collar, uh, you know, older male voters um, kind of turned to Trump because they felt that, you know, the, the new world kind of left them behind, and they kind of likened it to your uncle at the Thanksgiving dinner table, um, who might be like this charming, affable person, but was willing to, you know, go for a candidate that wanted to kind of break everything and kind of burn it all down just because they felt that it, they had been left behind. And I felt that that was kind of Peckerhead, and Peckerhead was this this older guy who um, had felt that he had been left out, so he, he decides that he's going to be he's going to take this nihilistic approach of kind of burning it burning it all down, um, you know, figuratively speaking, of course. And uh, yeah, I mean that's where we got the name Uncle Peckerhead from. That's cool. Uh, could you tell us a bit about the narrative and where the main characters find themselves at the start of the film? Sure. Um, so the the main narrative centers around uh, this three-piece punk band, Duh, and it's led by uh, bassist and co-vocalist Judy, who's kind of like the mom of the group. I always say, like, you know, Duh, in and of themselves, kind of resemble the, uh, the, the 21st century family, in that you have kind of like a single mom who is, is Judy, you kind of have the, uh, the angsty teenage daughter who's the drummer, Mel, and you have kind of the, the precocious or the kind, sweet-hearted uh, like little boy or son uh, who, who's Max. So it's kind of this, this kind of like weird nuclear family and Judy has this dream that, you know, they're going to be able to kind of forge this career as a, as a touring punk band. Um, but right now they're kind of like a, a like a, uh, you know, this DIY, very kind of like low, low functioning operation. And so they're about to embark on the first tour 
they have their uh, van repossessed and they need kind of like a, a vehicle to kind of, you know, embark on this tour. And that's where Peckerhead comes in and he's this kind of like a, like hillbilly or redneck kind of like a shit-kicking uh, older dude who has a van and seems to be willing and able and, and game to, to drive them around on tour, kind of serve as the roadie. And he has a, a, a dark secret and... Uh, and that's kind of where the story really kind of jumps into gear for the film. Hmm. This is definitely a horror-focused film, but it has a good amount of comedy to it. What was it like to balance these elements? I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that that uh, it, it feels like people see that there is a balance, which I'm, I'm really grateful for. I mean, I would say that, you know, uh, in terms of balance... Um, I think it's just kind of, you know, not allowing, for me, I, I, I didn't want to make a film in terms of the horror elements, that the horror elements are, are you know, uh, incredibly grim or, 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 like, sad and dark. Not that those films aren't great, but I wanted to have more of kind of a, a cartoonish kind of slapstick approach to even the horror elements, which is why I think the film, if it does work, kind of can traffic between those comedic and those horror elements, um, seamlessly or semi-seamlessly hmm. so when it comes to you know going back and forth it's just kind of like you know making sure there are these moments of, of levity um even when things seem kind of uh dark or dire uh, for the for the main characters and i would say like i mean even beyond the horror or the comedic elements like one thing that i really aim to do which is kind of uh at, at the center of, of most films that i really love on is kind of having heart in the movie in terms of, you know, really in terms of the writing, showing that there's a deep care and affection for the characters that you're writing, but also that the characters care for one another. And there's, you know, there's there's some, even even if it is kind of a lowbrow uh, horror comedy that, that has a lot of kind of like gore and a lot of kind of like, uh, you know, lowbrow comedic moments, um, that there's some type of anchor and there's some type of depth in terms of, you know, what the characters are searching for or what the characters need or want and, and kind of the actions that they take to, to satisfy those needs and those wants. I thought the gore was handled very well. Could you highlight one or two of the graphic scenes and provide some context into how they were created? Oh, sure. Um, you know, when it comes to gore, I mean, I, I really uh, I really have to give a shout-out to our, our effects guru, Jared, and his uh, assistant, Sean. It's, it's tough when you're making a, a film like this that's on a micro-budget. Uh, you know, when you're writing the script, you know, sky's the limit. You're not, or at least I don't really think about, oh, man, well, I can't do this because we only have this amount of time, resources, and money. Um, so you're just kind of writing it, but then, you know, once you start budgeting it out, it, you know, the reality comes, you know, you come face to face with the reality that you might not need, you might not be able to do certain things. Um, but luckily, Jared, when he came on board, um, we really didn't have to make many changes to the script, and he just kind of like really fully embraced with with what little we gave him in terms of time and resources. He really was able to embrace and bring many of these moments in the script to life. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, like specific scenes, we really have I would say like four, maybe five really big effects or gore sequences. Um, and when it comes to stuff like that, uh, like without giving away a spoiler, I'll just kind of talk about the filmmaking aspect of, of shooting those gore scenes. Is we did all practical effects and makeup, 
which means we're not relying on any computer-generated, uh, you know, like post-production work on those scenes. Those are all in-camera done while we were shooting during principal photography. So, for example, you know, working on a micro-budget, you know, if you have, you know, for example, somebody gets their jaw ripped off, um, you know, you don't have, like, nine or ten jaws to do, like, several takes. You, you have one jaw that's going to get ripped off, and if the camera's at the wrong angle or if the actors don't, don't hit their marks, um, you know, you can't use that, that gore or you can't use that sequence uh, that kind of just goes to waste. Um, so, like, in reality, when it comes to, like, our filmmaking, it really speaks to uh, the amazing cast and crew we have that uh, all the scenes that you see in the film that have those gore, that have that gore or those, those really visceral moments, I mean, that was just one take, and it was just everyone operating at, you know, the, the optimum level to kind of really execute, uh, you know, a really, a really nicely, uh, nicely kind of played out gore scene. So there is a bit of music present in this one. What's the process behind its inclusion, and were some of the pieces original? Yeah, I would say um, all of the songs were original except for the last song, um, which is it's originally written um, by the person who's in the film, uh, but it was a song that existed before the film was made. So it's, it, as I mentioned, the film centers around this three-piece punk band, and the one of the co-vocalists and, and guitarists in the band, Max, who's played by Jeff Riddle. Jeff Riddle is a, a really good friend of mine. I've known him for, you know, 10-plus years, and uh, he was in this band, The Holy Mess, and when I was writing Peckerhead, I knew Jeff was going to be involved. I knew he was probably going to play Max, um, but uh, the song that, that Jeff had written called Trash Age with his old band, I knew was a perfect ending to the film, uh, just in terms of lyrics, in terms of like the tone and the sentiment of the song. I think it really kind of wrapped up Peckerhead nicely. So I had asked him if I could use it, and he said, "Yeah, I, like you know, certainly you can use it." Um, but I really like to write uh, a, a new body of work for Duh. I want it to be you know a real record from a fake band. So he hmm. said uh, he's, he's, he he went forward with writing uh, a completely you know, like a five to seven song EP of completely original songs for this fake band in the movie. Um, so when you're listening to the music of Duh, save that final song, I mean, that's all written specifically for the movie by, by Jeff, who plays Max in the movie. Interesting. Uh, were there any challenges behind the scenes on this production? Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I could give you, like, you know, a laundry list of dozens, if not hundreds. Um, that's just, I mean, what I'll kind of do is kind of broadly talk about just, as I mentioned before, this, is, this was a micro-budget film. So, I mean, in reality, you're working with a really, like, a small-scale crew uh, of, like, you know, 12 to 15 people. Um, you know, besides the, the crowd scenes of the band performing, we only had kind of a main cast of five, you know, a handful of supporting characters that were kind of one or two day people. So it was a really, I mean, it was a small operation, but what happens is, you know, when you have such a small crew, the crew is wearing, you know, like several, if not dozens of different hats. Um, like, for example, like uh, one of our co-producers, Wiki Mendoza, was the uh, did wardrobe? She did production design. She she designed all of the, the band's merch. Um, all of their she designed their their demo tape. All of that stuff. Our unit production manager also played Shiloh, who's like one of the antagonists in the film from the rival band. So mm -hmm. everyone's wearing like twelve different hats, and everyone's stretched super thin. 
and basically, you know, you're begging, borrowing, and stealing um, everything that you can get. You know, you're you're calling in every favor because in reality, you know, you're making you know a film that 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 you want to look and you want the feel of a certain X amount of dollars, and you probably have like you know a tenth of that. Um, so. You know, your back is always up against the wall. Um, everyone's working long hours, getting a little sleep. Um, everyone's really kind of like, you know, being pushed to the limits. But uh, again, that, that speaks to how, how great the casting crew were, that hopefully a lot of that doesn't show up on screen. Um, and they're just, everyone is still like really good friends and really enjoyed the process of working with one another. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say like daily, um, you know, you're running, you're putting out like, you know, dozens, if not like hundreds of fires on like a micro budget film set like this. (laughs) So in your opinion, what aspect of the movie do you feel most makes it stand out in the crowd? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I would, honestly, I would hope two things really stand out. Um, and one thing, one thing I'm sure, um, uh, it, it does stand out because, you know, a lot of the reviews I've, I've read or a lot of the kind of, like, posts I've seen, um, they talk about that the film has a lot of heart. Um, that, you know, it is this kind of gonzo, batshit movie about, you know, a group of kids on tour with a, with a man-eating ghoul. Um, but in reality, it's really about, you know, this, it's really centered around Judy, the basis of the band, and how, you know, she's kind of, you know, sold her soul um, in order to, you know, just get close to success or, you know, to be given a chance to be successful in the way in which she defines success. Um, but it's really about, you know, this, this kind of, like, you know, oddball nuclear family that that really kind of cares for one another and, like, you know, there's, there is some, like, emotional depth, at least I hope, in that story. And I feel that, like, you know, horror films kind of stray away from really having, I'm not saying all, but I'm saying, like, you know, a lot of horror films, the reason why I made the film is a lot of films that, I, that I'd seen at certain film festivals in certain years just were missing kind of, like, a, a little bit of, like, a, a light to them. Um... And the other thing that, that I think stands out is the movie is just kind of like a, a real mixed genre beyond the horror comedy. I mean, it's really, it's a road trip movie. It's a movie uh, that features a lot of like music uh, and, you know, it has this component of the band playing live often in the film. Um, so I think just like it doesn't, I don't think it's easily, I think it, we need to categorize it as a horror comedy just so, you know, it fits into certain places and people can easily kind of talk about it. But I think it's in terms of the genre mixing, I hope it's so much more than that, in that it's not just a horror movie, it's not just a comedy, it's not just a road trip movie, um, and it's not just kind of like a, a, a music movie. Okay. Uh, lastly, I would like to leave a spot for you to say anything or go over anything I might have missed during the interview. Great. Well, I mean, I just wanted to say thanks to you, Jason, for sitting down with me um, and talking about the movie. This is, I mean, in reality, uh, not to keep banging on the same drum, but this is a micro-budget film, so we're really depending on, you know, uh, like whether it's publications, whether it's, you know, social media, uh, you know, people or persons, um, you know, spreading the word. Like, uh, you know, people that watch the movie, if you enjoy it, you know, tell people, post about it, um, because that's really the only way. We don't have, like, a marketing machine behind us to spread the word about Uncle Peckerhead. Um, and beyond that, I would say if you really like the movie and you want to hear about future projects, if you want to hear, if you want to see, uh, like, some, we're, we're going to have some dumb merch up. Um, we're going to have, you know, hopefully some, some, fun, some fun events and, and kind of, like, 
online screenings that we're going to be a part of. You can check out subtletrex.com. There's no dashes. It's just subtletrex. That's kind of like our, our, our filmmaking, our, our crew. Um, or you can just go to UncleTeckerhead.com and that just redirects you. And there you can find like even all the social media of the people involved in the movie. Uh, you can find out a little bit more about what we do and the projects we're involved in. Um, but again, I just wanted to thank you for, uh, for sitting down and, and talking to me about the movie. Great. Uh, thanks for your time. You can check out the written interview on GamerHeadquarters.com along with a review for the film Uncle Peckerhead on the site, among other film news, film reviews, and more. And I hope you enjoyed this interview.